type of medicine that trains your body to fight any foreign agent. Plants are helpful for the ecosystem. It's an electronic device for storing and processing data. The nervous system is all the collection of nerves in your body. Yeast is a eukaryote. Welcome to Spectacular Science, where it's all about science, with your host, Listeners, welcome back to this episode of Spectacular Science. I'm your host, Akshay. I've been really wondering about the brain lately. Like, what is it? And how do we use it? What is inside of our brain? And when I touch my soft cat or if I smell the pizza, what is actually happening inside of my brain? That's why I'm going to talk to Dr. Laura Carruth from the Georgia State University. Okay. Now to run to her lab. It's a really long run, but let's do it. I should run a marathon someday. Finally made it. Now opening the door. Oh, and look, there's Dr. Carruth. Wow, she's working in our neuroscience lab. Gotta go check it out. Hi, Dr. C. It was a long, long, long run to your lab. But I made it. Hi, Akshay. I'm so glad that you were able to make it. Yeah, thank you. So I've actually been wondering about the brain lately and how it works and really just what it is. So I wanted to ask you a few questions about the brain. That would be great. I'd love to help you learn more. Okay. So first of all, can you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure, Akshay. Um, my name is Laura Carruth, and I'm an associate professor of neuroscience at Georgia State University. Um, I also have an affiliation in the biology department and in the School of Public Health. And I also direct Georgia State University's Center for, uh, Center for Excellence in Teaching, Learning, and Online Education. Wow, that's cool. So how did you get interested in science? Um, I have been interested in science ever since I was a little kid. I think that I was always interested in observing and studying animals and plants and the environment. And that just sort of naturally led to a more directed interest in science. And so, I mean, I remember being interested in science in kindergarten and especially just like looking at animals and looking at plants and, um, you know, just sort of paying attention to how things moved and, you know, animal behavior. Um, so it's just, it's, I've actually, I never even as a kid thought I would do something different than being a scientist. It was always something I wanted to do and explore. Yeah, that is what I want to do too. Excellent. Well, you are on a great path to get ready to become a scientist. Thank you. So what is the brain? That is a great question. Um, the brain is an incredible and complex organ. Um, it controls thought and memory, emotion, touch, all of your movement, motor skills, um, vision, breathing, temperature, being hungry if you're hungry or if you're feeling angry. Every process that regulates our body is controlled by the brain. And the brain and the spinal cord, which extends you know, down your back, make up the central nervous system or CNS. 
And the complexity of the brain is just out. It's overwhelming. And I like to think about the brain as almost like a universe inside your head. It is as complex and has so many different functioning and important parts. Um, and there's so much left to learn about and explore with the brain, just like there is to learn about and explore in our universe. Wow. So space is as vast as the brain. Yeah, lots to learn and lots to think about. There's so much about the brain we're still learning about every day. That's amazing. So why is there a left and right side of the brain? That's a great question. So we are bilateral animals. So we are symmetrically bilateral. That means we have a right side and a left side. So you can just take a person or a, you know any kind of vertebrate animal, an animal with a backbone like a dog or a cat, and you can divide them into a right and a left side. And our brain can be divided into a right and left side. And this, we developed this symmetry um, because of how we evolved. And we evolved to have a, something called cephalization, which is the evolution of our head, which allowed the processes and the structures that controlled how our bodies moved, which become, is the brain, to be located in, the main, in, in our head. Um, and because of this evolution, we developed a right side of our brain and a left side of our brain that are connected together. So we've got a, a right cerebral hemisphere and a left cerebral hemisphere, and they communicate with each other through this band of fibers called the corpus callosum. And this lets the two sides of the brain communicate with each other so that information can kind of cross over. So we, we developed the, the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain just because of how we evolved as vertebrates and how animals evolved to have the development of a central nervous system. Wow. So what are the main parts of the brain and what are their functions or roles? Well, the, the main part uh, in um, a human brain, if we think of the largest part of our brain, the forebrain or the cerebrum, um, really controls so much about our body. So it's organized into lobes. Um, and the outer part of the cerebrum is called the cortex, the cerebral cortex. And in Latin, cortex means bark. And so the outer part of our brain is covered in these, in these wrinkles, these convolutions, and those are all made up of the cell bodies of axons and um, of neurons. So neurons are the functional unit of the brain. And our brains are composed of billions, billions, between 86 to about 100 billion neurons. You've, you've got more neurons when you're younger than when you're older. And the cell body where um, information is being processed in a neuron is within that cortex. And it's, it's organized by function. And so there's the front part of the brain, the front two lobes are called the frontal lobe. And that controls some of our higher order thinking skills. So organization and planning. Um, there is the lobes called the temporal lobes that are kind of right behind your ears. And that controls, that's involved with the sense of hearing, responding to what you can hear, plus structures in there called the hippocampus and amygdala, which are part of learning and memory and regulating emotion. And then the lobes in the back of the cerebrum are called the occipital lobes. And that's where visual information or information from your eyes is processed. 
And then on the top, like if you were to take your hands and cross over the top of your head and let your fingers touch, those are the parietal lobes. And the parietal lobes process sensory information coming in related to um, touch and temperature and pressure. And we also have structures within the brain. Um, there's a really important structure within the brain you can't see externally, externally called the thalamus. And it's a sensory relay station essentially. And all sensory information coming into the brain kind of gets processed through the thalamus and sent to the appropriate areas of the brain for processing. So visual information coming into the eyes is going to go through the thalamus and then be shuttled to the occipital lobe, where the occipital lobe sort of lets you respond to what it is you're seeing. Um, there's also a structure in your brain called the hypothalamus. So that means below thalamus. And that's an important structure for regulating a lot of body functions like uh, thirst and um, hunger. It is involved with a lot of hormonal regulation of your body. Um, other important structures are the cerebellum, which means pretty little brain. And it's at the very back of your brain and it sits underneath the, the occipital lobes and it regulates things uh, related to movement. But a, a lot of it's like balance and coordination for movement for movement. And then there is a very important structure called the brainstem that has parts of it called the medulla oblongata. And it has structures in it that are what we call brain nuclei. So clusters of neurons that work together and they regulate things like your heart rate and breathing, um, things that are automatic for your body that you don't want to have to think about. So that's the autonomic nervous system, you know, so like regulating digestion, you're not, you're not sitting there telling your stomach, it's going to digest food or telling your heart to beat. Those things happen because of how the autonomic nervous system is involved with innervating structures in your body and helping regulate those um, biological processes. So that's kind of a quick overview of the brain, but there are a lot more, there are a lot of structures in the brain with, you know, incredible complexity. Wow, that's so cool. So how do the different parts of our brain communicate with one another and with our senses? So that happens because we're going to go back to those cells I talked about, the neurons. So neurons are the main unit, the main cell in our brain. Our brain has neurons and we also have cells called glial cells that are like support cells, but they also play important functions in, in other aspects of the brain. But neurons are responding to information coming into the brain and also they're involved with sending information out of the brain. And neurons have a cell body, which contains the nucleus and a structure that comes off of it kind of um, called an axon. And that axon sends an electric signal down from the cell body down the axon. And it's released at these structures called synapses at the end. So there's something called axon terminal. And that releases a chemical messenger into a space in between neurons. That space is called a synapse. And that chemi chemical messenger gives a message to other, other neurons all around it. And so... Um, and you've just got suites of these neurons, collections of them that work together in the brain to process information and send information out. So we, your brain regions communicate with each other through these axons and sending pathways to certain regions of the brain where then the message um, is sent 
out is sent at the axon terminals with the release of that neurotransmitter or that chemical signal turning on a different part of the brain. Um, so earlier when I mentioned you got a right side of the brain and the left side of the brain and they're connected by that structure called the corpus callosum, that is one way that the sides of the brain communicate with each other. And so what that does, that's about 20 million, uh, excuse me, 200 million axons run through the corpus callosum. And those are just parts of nerves that are sending information across from one side of the brain to the other. So these neurons communicate with each other and that is how different parts of the brain are connected. And you're either kind of turning something on or responding to something or turning something off within the, with, um, in the brain as you respond to sensory information coming in or you're sending motor information coming out. Wow, that is really cool. So how does the brain process that information from the senses? So when I smell the delicious smell of pizza or touch a soft cat's fur, what is going on in my brain? Well, we use our senses to gather information about the world, right? So the world around us. So senses are, you know, like you mentioned, so being able to smell. So that's the sense of olfaction or being able to see the sense of vision. There's also the sense of taste and touch and, you know, and hearing um, and pressure, you know, with, with our skin and our sense receptors in different structures, such as our eyes or in our ears, um, in our skin, they send signals to the brain. And then the brain is going to sort of analyze this information and tell the body what to do in response. So first that sensory information comes in to the brain and it goes through that structure I mentioned called the thalamus. That's the sensory relay station. And it's gonna send information to the right part of the brain, but it also can filter out information that we may not need to respond to. Because at any time your body is surrounded by all sorts of information that's coming in and you kind of need to focus on certain information. And so animals were, are using sensory information to find food and avoid danger. Um, and as our, as our eyes and ears are helping us gather information and those, those structures have cells in them to help gather this information, the brain also has to decide how to act when that sensory information comes into the brain, right? You're not going to respond to every single thing. So the sensory information comes into our body and it's going to travel up the spinal cord. And as it travels up the spinal cord, um, so the nerves are sending these electrical signals up to and from the brain. Um, like I said, it'll get processed in the thalamus. And then let's say it's that smell information that you smelled something delicious to eat that's going to be information coming from your nose and it's gonna be processed in some regions of your brain that respond to smell. Or if you're seeing a pizza, it's gonna be responding, the, the um, structures in the occipital lobe are gonna be responding and recognizing, hey, this is what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a pizza. And you can also trigger other parts of your body to say, hey, I'm hungry now. Like smelling this and seeing this has made me respond with hunger and the brain also can communicate with other, uh, th those sensory signals can trigger other parts of the brain to respond as well to those sensory signals. Whoa, that is so cool. It's so cool that all these parts of our brain just come together and even just parts outside of our brain, they all come together to just do something simple as smelling pizza or just 
looking at pizza. It's really cool to just think about that. Yeah, and also, you know, often we're, our senses aren't just sort of operating individually. So when you're petting that cat, you're also seeing the cat and maybe you're hearing the cat purr, right? So it's also interesting in how these things can become integrated together. And our brain helps us do that and process this information and learn more about what we're experiencing in our environment. So what advice do you have for kids who want to go into the field of science? Well, I think that the most important thing to do if you want to go into science is to be curious and to do what you're doing now and ask questions. So I think ask questions and find out answers to information. Um, thing, we're learning more and more and things are changing all the time. And so information changes. And, and one example of how information changes and why you want to be curious is there's sort of a myth about the brain that you can be right-brained or left-brained. You know, and if you're left-brained, you're good at math. And if you're right-brained, you're better at art. And that's actually kind of a misconception about how the brain works. And we didn't figure that out until more research and experiments were done. And the brain really does communicate and integrate information together. We do have a tendency to process in some types of information on one side of the brain over the other, but we also know how important it is for both sides of the brain to work together. And figuring out that that was sort of not quite the whole story about being right-brained and left-brained, even though it had been sort of something that kind of became part of what, you know, was even in textbooks, you know, um, as we learn more and more and more, we add to the information we know about the brain and everything else in science. And that's how we kind of grow and figure things out. So I'd say be curious and ask questions. Um, observe things. Being observant is such an important skill for a scientist is observe something and describe what you see and then see if you can figure out what's causing that to happen. Why did this thing do what it is? Why, why do we know about something um, to be the way it is? Um, and that's how we learn. So I think it just starts with being curious and doing what you're doing now and that's ask questions. Wow, that's really great advice. Thank you so much for talking to me, Dr. Carruth. I really enjoyed it, and I learned so much about the brain. My brain is definitely full of brain facts. Wow, that's really great advice. Thank you so much for talking to me, Dr. Carruth. I really enjoyed it, and I learned so much about the brain. My brain is definitely full of brain facts. Well, actually, it was great talking to you. I hope that you did learn a lot. There is so much more about the brain. We just skimmed the surface on all the fun facts that you can learn about the brain. This is, you know, you know, getting you started. And I hope that you stay curious and that you keep asking questions and learning more about everything about science. Thank you so much. Okay, now back to using my brain. Let's do some math problems. Oh, no. Maybe some science equations. Ooh, that'd be cool. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spectacular Science. Spectacular Science is produced and hosted by me, Akshay. Our theme song is by Chayan Ramachandran. Thank you so much, Dr. Karuth. I really enjoyed our talk, and I filled up my brain with tons and tons of brain facts. And I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Special thanks to Varun Ramachandran. Please visit my website, spectacularsci.com, 
to find interactive activities, articles, blog posts, and so much more. That's SpectacularSCI.com. Please follow the Spectacular Science membership where you can get bonus episodes, activities, and the fact of the day, a fun science fact every single day. Sign up at SpectacularSci.com slash membership. That's SpectacularSci.com slash membership. Please contact me. Email me at podcast at SpectacularSci.com or head to SpectacularSci.com slash contact to find a contact form where you can send me questions, comments, and episode suggestions. I love hearing from you, and it makes my day whenever I receive a message. Please subscribe or follow Spectacular Science on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Music. By following, you get all the episodes automatically and get notified when new episodes are available. To learn more on how to subscribe, visit SpectacularSci.com slash subscribe or click on the link in the show notes below also in the show notes you can find episode descriptions and activities and articles that go along with this episode go to the episode description thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of spectacular science next tuesday bye